Hey guys, my name is Brett Ferguson. I'm a current student at the University of South Carolina, where I'll be graduating in May 2020. Welcome to episode 18 of the Struggle to Sovereignty podcast. Before we jump into episode 18, I want to talk a little bit about the episode 17 response. It was truly humbling to sit there with an active duty 14-year gunnery sergeant in the Marines, and then also to a really good buddy of mine in Quinn Higgins that is currently contracted to go in the Marines. Their mindset on life, very black and white. It's, it's incredible to listen to men of their stature and also to listen to what they've been able to impact through the medium of being in the military. Serving others and constantly being a servant to your community is something that they look to achieve with what they've been able to accomplish in the military and what Quinn is going to accomplish in the military. It's, it's an unbelievable conversation that if you haven't listened to it yet, I strongly suggest to go back and listen to those two men as they spit some knowledge and they truly understand what it is to be a man in today's society and also to, to be a caregiver, to learn, to be compassionate through struggles and through adversity. It was truly incredible to listen to men that are like that and hopefully we'll bring them back on the podcast as a lot of people really enjoyed that episode. So again, stream that thing and tell me what you guys think. I think that's something that I've struggled with as a leader with the struggle to sovereignty is truly listening to the outreach of my community. Not to say I haven't received the most outreach on that, but after everybody's been telling me, oh, Brett, this is great. Oh, Brett, this is great. Yes, I appreciate that. And as we work, we expect to be great, but how can we be better? Please, any criticisms, shoot to at struggle to sovereignty on Instagram instead of the word actually two, it's the number two. So struggle, the number two, and then sovereignty on Instagram. Or shoot us an email at struggle to sovereignty at gmail.com. We are going to be taking any questions if you're interested and you have a lead for us or if you find that we have a guest that. You know, you know, I don't know, that you want to bring on the podcast to listen to their story and have their story told, please, again, reach out to any of those outlets. So I had a little something before I wanted to jump in the episode that's a little bit lighthearted and somewhat of a story, a little bit different into going into this next episode. So I was sitting there yesterday. I was super busy all day, and I finally got done with this group project, got on with class, and sat there and I was like, Brett, dude, I can't even drink a water bottle without my mustache getting in my mouth. It, it was, it was horrible. My mustache was so long and it was, it was actually hilarious because I sat there and everybody's like, damn, Brett, you look like a, a wildebeest, dude. So after long and hard consideration, guys, I've decided to trim up my beard. It's a sad day at the University of South Carolina right now, but we are we are all good. As you know, this is uh, this is somewhat another step into trying to build me as a person. You know, I can't walk around looking like an absolute doofus with a beard that's going into my face. I had to cut it and actually cut those ties with something that you know had me feel like a sense of being a man with a beard. And even though it sounds so simple and so dumb, right? having a beard people associate oh that's a man that's a manly look you know and I did too but I had to take a step back now and even though it's something as silly as cutting a beard it's something that I looked at now and I'm like okay how do I change how do I get better how do I grow how do I look more presentable how do I interact with people you know just a little something so even though that's a stupid little story I had to tell you guys but it's it's something in my life that's just funny and that I've been thinking about and that's somewhat of a metaphor for what I want to do so, episode 18, we are going to be joined by an individual that's deemed as the Little Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> you heard that right. Little Ryan Seacrest. Blake Eason, guys. So, a little bit about Blake. Blake has been a personality on something called The Burt Show. Melissa, over the past summer, or two summers ago, or whatever it was, she worked with a company called The Burt Show, where they had a radio show where they produced one, I believe, into Georgia, um, and to other areas in the United States. They're, they're so lighthearted. They're, their story's incredible. Burt is an incredible man. And Blake is exactly the individual that we look to bring on as he's a younger member of a generation that just has this idea of work ethic down pat. He's a hard worker. That's just plain and simple. He's a grind artist. 
some of the things that Bur- or Blake has done in his time at the uh, at the Bird Show, guys, he's been in touch with Cardi B, been in touch with Lil Nas X. He was the homecoming king at Kennesaw State University. He's been in touch with Travis Scott. Um, it, it's it's I mean even he's rapped for Music Midtown tickets in front of thousands of people. This guy ha- does not have a sensibility of not being able to go out and present in front of people. That is his passion, and that's what he's incredible at. Even he started his own podcast with The Burt Show. He did something with The Bachelorette where he kind of was this sensible man figure in it where he had to adapt and learn about something that men don't normally have to learn about, which is something as simple as The Bachelorette. You know, he's an incredible guy. Um, I'm so excited to share his story. And going forward, I'm so pumped to see what he can bring to the table and bring to our community. So, with episode 18... I am now joined by, quote-unquote, Little Ryan Seacrest, Blake Eason. And now, guys, I am joined by Blake Eason. Blake, what's going on, my man? Man, I am excited to be here. Thank you for having me, dude. Absolutely, man. I'm so happy Melissa and all of us are able to set this up. This is going to be a really cool episode. Man, this is cool. This is my first Skype podcast, so yeah. I'm excited. This is This is a first for me. This is really, really cool what you guys have going on. Yeah, so this is a funny story. This is actually one of the first Skype podcasts we've done. So, oh, wow. so you're so you're kind of playing as a little bit of the guinea pig, man. So I guess we're figuring it out, but it'll be great. I love it. It's great. Cool, man. So yeah, let's start this thing off. Um, so describe a little bit about yourself, what your role was um, before the Burt Show. Kind of a little bit about now that you're at the Burt Show. You've been able to work yourself up. You know Burt. You're in a part-time position. Kind of just describe a little bit about that journey and where it's led to you now. Okay, so I'm from a small town of Georgia. It's like middle Georgia area, Warner Robins, Georgia. Moved up to Atlanta to go to school at Kennesaw State University. Uh, really for the first couple of years while I was there, I had no idea what I wanted to do in terms of my career, professional life, whatever the case may be. So I came in, you know, I was an education major. I was a business major. I was a communications major. I mean, I went through all the different majors. Um, wow. And it wasn't until um, probably the the beginning of my junior year that I began to really think, okay, what if journalism is actually a plausible career path? And so I kind of began to look at it a little bit, uh, changed my major at the top of 2018. So January of 2018 officially changed my major to, to journalism. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to change my major so late in the game, I need to probably find some internships that can, can support uh, the major that I'm choosing, which is journalism. So I was just Googling up late one night over Christmas break, uh, going into the new year. So in, in uh, from December to January while I was home uh, for the holidays, stumbled across the Burt Show uh, internship, filled out the form. Um, I think I end up hearing back probably uh, March. I think I interviewed. Um, and then I did for the internship and then I didn't hear back that I got it until the end of July. So yeah. it's safe to say that I thought they definitely dropped me, moved on, found somebody else because it was just an extended period of time that I had never even heard back from them. And then July came around, I, I heard back and uh, Cassie, the social media and web director offered me uh, the internship. So fall of 20, 2018, excuse me, uh, was when that started. Um, and started interning there. And as an intern, you get a chance to kind of get, get like a little bit um, of behind the scenes of all of it while also getting a chance to submit personal stories. And if Bert finds them compelling or if they're, you know, is there, there if there's like a drama element or, you know, something that can be engaging to people that are listening, uh, you could very well tell that story. And so uh, for me, going to intern there, I, I didn't think that possible. Like I thought maybe like some really, really special intern might get a chance to be on air, but they really do feature interns really, really often, actually. Um, so I found a lot of luck submitting personal stories, and um, you know, it uh, it was it was a lot of fun getting a chance to tell those stories on air. And then the end of the internship comes around. Bert and I share a few conversations, and I was just you know asking him, like as somebody who has done what I hope to do in radio and broadcast. Um, I, you know, just was like, you know, what should I do next? And he said, you know, I think you continue doing what you're doing now. Um, and you know, we worked out a situation where I'm, I came on as a part-time uh, employee and assistant producer. Um, I answer the phones now pretty much all, all the show. And then when, um, whenever I, whenever I get a chance to go on air, I, um, can tell stories, but for the most part, I'm answering phones. So that's, Hey man, no, that's awesome. No, that, that, that's so cool. 
Uh, I mean, and it's it's super interesting that you started from the bottom, right? You started with with that first email, that first little step that you took in order to get to where you are now, right? And it's right. I mean, at the at the time you didn't see it as that. At the time you were just applying for an internship, but Man. that little step, that I wow. applied to so many internships, like yeah. that whole that whole Christmas break going into going into January. I mean, it was literally nonstop looking up every single option because I was like, you know. In my mind, I'm essentially behind people who are who've already chosen this major. So if somebody, yeah. you know, that I came into college with, you know, knew from the beginning they wanted to be a journalism major, you know, they're essentially two years ahead of me because it took me two years to find this major. And so I was like, well, if I can't be the most talented person in in the, um, you know, in my major, I can be uh, the most hardworking. And so I kind of tried to to game plan and map out everything yeah. uh, along the way, and it, it, you know, it really really worked out. Man, that's incredible. You, we talked a little bit about like work and like what your work ethic means to you in our pre-interview. You said the verbiage outwork everyone. What does that yeah. mean to you? Uh, well, like I said, you know, when we when we spoke earlier this week, was um, I am one hundred percent okay walking into a room and knowing that I'm not the most talented person in the room because at the end of the day, talent is something that you know we're all growing we're all getting better it takes time to grow at our at our profession at our skill whatever the case may be um, but something that we have control of right now is our work ethic and I think you know I've, I've kind of always had the mentality of you know like if it's something that I'm really passionate about and it's something I really want to do and I want to get better at it and I really enjoy doing it then uh, why not outwork everybody that you know is wanting to do the same thing that I'm doing because at the end of the day you know, the I, I don't know if the most talented person is going to win or if the most hardworking person is going to win. But yeah. uh, one thing that I do have control of, uh, control of out of those two variables is the part about work. And so yeah. um, I can stay up the latest. I can get up the earliest. I can read the most books. So, you know, I think that is uh, kind of in my mentality, you know, through it all. And then I think each person is different. Um, and then, you know, each industry that we get involved in is, is going to be different too. But uh, for journalism specifically, I mean, this is a very, you know, it's rumored to be cutthroat. It is, you know, it's uh, very uh, competitive. And so I I want to make sure I have the mentality of like, hey, I because if, if I try to judge myself based off my talent, I'm gonna, you know, fall victim to the comparison trap, and it's just gonna be a really slippery slope from that point forward. But um, the one thing that I do have control over is my work ethic. So, so why not, you know, have the ambition to try to outwork everybody, you know? Right. Yeah. And like what you said in there is so crucial. With that, which you you meant to say, you said I stayed up the latest, I got up the earliest, and I read the most books. That reading is research. People oh don't God. understand that research is half the battle. You know, whenever whenever you go out and truly set yourself into a position where you can learn and retain that information and implement it, I think right. that's the most crucial part. It's you can learn, but you got to implement it. What does implementation of that product mean to you right. in the grand scheme of things, right? right. So, for example, with me, um, I talk about it all the time on the podcast. Uh, we, we had a pretty similar pass with the whole internship thing. I sent over to Sornex, I sent about a million and a half emails, dude. Um, and then once I got there, guess what I did? I just outworked everyone. Yep. Um, whenever they said, hey, we need the entire weight room rearranged and fixed for an event where you're going to have a thousand people in one weight room. Okay, how do I make that happen? Not, right. oh, shoot, this is a big task. I don't know if I can, I don't have time to think like that. You know, right. I don't have time to think what if, what if, what if. No, it's at this point right now what can i do to set myself up in order to outwork everybody be the most knowledgeable by learning by learning that's the that's the hardest part is by actually letting your ego put put to the side and sitting right. there and learning if someone's smarter than you learn from them even if you don't like and and people let their egos get in the way of that way Man, too often all the time dude i feel like i've I, I hope that I never, I never get to that point in, in my career or my life or whatever because I am so okay with going up to the most talented person in the room or you know the most experienced person in the room or the oldest person in the room and just simply saying, hey, tell me what you know. Or better yet, tell me what you wish you knew now. Well, tell me what you wish you knew at my age that you know now. That's one of my favorite questions to ask leaders and people who are a little bit further down the road than me because it's like surely there's all something we can there's something we all can offer to those coming behind us that we wish we would have known uh, when we were you know coming up earlier in our 100%, career 100% 100% and just like you said man it's like 
you never want to you want to look at yourself as a leader to as you grow in your profession as you get better stronger faster more intellectual um it, it's you grow in that to where it's like okay i can't let my ego get in the way of learning if somebody is younger than i am they've been through something that i haven't been through ask them about that ask them even if it's personal man even if it's oh you didn't have a father growing up what was that like? You know, how can I learn? I'm so blessed to have a father growing up, right? Exactly. What, 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 what did you do that set you self, you set yourself up for the end product of X, Y, and Z, right? And having those conversations and learning, 110. I mean, it's it's the easiest way to get from one part to another. So, you know, we we a little bit about how with that. We talked about how you can't ever assume you're owed anything, even if you are learning. Even if you are taking the steps, you can't sit back and say, you know what, I deserve this. Nah, that's a bullshit mentality. What does that mean to you? Um, I, I, you know, I think, I think that is a, it's a, I feel like that's of entitlement. And I feel like entitlement is just a very dangerous slope for, you know, anybody to get on, whether that is somebody who has proven themselves um, or, you know, at worst, someone who is still currently trying to prove themselves. You know, for me, when I went into the Bird Show internship, my end goal was to not become a part-time employee. That yeah. wasn't even on my mind. Like, I didn't even know that was actually possible to become, you know, a paid employee from doing an unpaid internship. It just, it never crossed my mind. I mean, you can say that was just not dreaming big enough or just maybe having my eyes set on something different. But, um, you know, for me, I said in the fall, if I, since I got the Bird Show internship, I'm going to satisfy my radio requirement that semester. Yep. The next semester, I'm going to do a news internship. So I actually got an, I got an internship at the news station, uh, one of the largest news stations here in Atlanta. Um, I had been looking forward to it ever since I changed my major to, major to journalism. Um, I got the internship. And then over Thanksgiving break, I'll never forget, it was a Tuesday. I was driving home. I got a call from the internship supervisor, and they said, hey, uh, we just got word from our higher ups that we have had to cancel our internship program indefinitely. So wow. this is me like, oh man, what am I about to do? Like, I just, you know, I wanted to do the radio thing. I did the radio thing. Now I want to do news. And, you know, I'm kind of at this crossroads of like, what is this next semester going to look like? And then, you know, crazy enough, the next week I get back from Thanksgiving and I go back to work. And then that was when Bert mentioned the part-time opportunity, um, you know, at the show. So it's kind of one of those things where you know everything fell into place and i and i do believe that everything happens for a reason and a lot 100%. of the things we experience um, are connected in some way shape or form um but back to your original question about being owed anything you know it it, it showed that like for me i wasn't working towards getting that part-time job i just wanted to show up every day and be the best intern that i possibly could i would get there to earliest try to leave the latest if some other intern fell short on a task that was due, inevitably I just took it over. Uh, you know, obviously we there was a lot of shared responsibilities amongst our intern group, um, and for the most part we were pretty good at you know getting the job done. But every now and again things would fall through the crack, you know. And then also too, um, I'm not going to sit up here and tell you that I did everything perfect neither. Uh, but when I did fall short, you know, it's uh, putting my pride aside and to apologize, say I'm sorry, and figure out how to make it better um, the next time around. And so. Yeah. Um, I think that would kind of be um, my thoughts on, you know, just, you know, um, trying to remain open handed and never, ever, you know, believe that you are owed something because I don't think we are. You know, I, I think that uh, in one season you could be the most talented person in the room. You could be uh, the most eager. But, you know, if you let something distract you, if you lose focus, uh, the moment you look away or take your eyes off the prize, someone else could come in from right behind you. Um, and, and, and blow right past you. And so yep. um, I think it's a consistent effort that we have to remind ourselves to put our pride aside, ego aside, and how can we remember to serve those around us, you know, the best moving forward. Man, that happened to me. Um, just like you said, like somebody didn't, they fell short. They didn't have, they, they, they weren't able to accomplish the task and you can jump on it, right? I had an example of that where pretty much we have this large production where we create, we have a workout program that runs for the entire month of October. It's called Squattober. Um, it's, it's a big thing that we do now. And one part of it was like just printing t-shirts, like sitting there and in a, 
in a room and printing t-shirts. It's not sexy. It's not glamorous. It's not what I was looking to do at the time. But guess what? Somebody fell short. So I stepped in and was like, I will be here whenever you need me. I will do the work that somebody else isn't willing to do because now what that has done since that happened, I'm telling you, that was right before I got moved up to my new position at e-commerce. Right before then was whenever I was printing t-shirts. Like after after working there for two years, after answering the phones, after rearranging weight rooms, after every single day going in, I mean, and just working. And then, then I had to go in after two years and print t-shirts. Right. And some people would look at that and they'd be like, wow, dude, like, why are you doing this? Well, guess what? I am so blessed now that that in turn was like okay you know what this kid's got it we can we, we can we can move him up to a position where we can utilize him and the strengths that he has right but sometimes i think you got to be in those positions to be seen you 110 I mean? some people think that you know doing the monotonous task or the tasks that are not always the most fun are because no one wants to do it well no one wants to do it so if you're doing it that's only going to increase your chances of being seen better yet if you do a good job at the task that no one wants to do that's only going to further people's you know right satisfaction with your work ethic and you know the product you turn in and learning dude and you like i i i have never done screen printing like i've never i've never printed a t-shirt i don't know how to do you that have- right man but like i learned like, i figured it out it's interesting i now have that in my you know i have that in my toolkit now to where if i ever needed to learn how to do it or never needed to do it like further down the road i know the processes that occur with doing that right exactly. so all right, and so let's let, let's talk a little bit about the Bachelorette. Uh, let, <laughs> so here we go. yeah, here we go. So tell me a little bit about what the heck was going on with that, where you were, kind of what your path is with that. A little hey, bit going into that. It is uh, definitely interesting. So um, so Melissa, obviously, she's a huge fan of you know Bachelor Nation, Bachelor Bachelorette. Um, there is a, there's a, there's a, there's a, I would say maybe a small to medium sized demographic of people that listen to the bird show that are avid bachelor nation fans. And so, uh, this was the season, I guess this was the bachelorette because it, if I remember the correctly, all the guys were going after the one girl. Um, yeah, and that's how it works. I yeah. <laughs> Not super confident um, in my answer. So, anyways, uh, the Kristen was like, "Hey, I think it would be fun if y'all did like a recap episode of you know what happened on The Bachelorette." So, uh, me, Melissa, and the rest of the interns would get to the studio super early on Tuesday morning after the show aired on Monday night, and we would just talk about what happened and our thoughts on what happened, our predictions moving forward. And I gotta tell you, I am so into that show now. I can <laughs> wait. I cannot wait until the next episode comes out. I mean, I am following Bachelor. I'm following Bachelorette. Now, I didn't do Bachelor in Paradise. I felt I just could not. It was just too much of a headache. It was just it was overwhelming. Um, but as far as the 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 Bachelor and Bachelorette episodes and seasons, I'm I am a huge fan. I cannot wait to watch them. I cannot wait to talk about them. Um, it is it's fascinating. It really I bet it is. is man. I bet it is. It's so cool because there's such a large audience of people who's also watching with you, and so it was cool because over the of the course of us kind of doing it, our the the numbers were going up. More people were listening. More people were wanting more from us. Um, so it was it was really really cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, a lot. And then I, I, on the same hand, I'm learning like how this show even works. And so uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot that I'm not even getting right, which is only making, you know, the commentary even that much more funny. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I learned a lot. And it's safe to say that Melissa has successfully recruited me into Bachelor Nation. Well, man, she uh, unfortunately, she hasn't recruited me yet. So I'm going to I'm going to keep I'm going to keep my wits about me. I'm going to keep my yeah. wits about me. Uh, and it was funny, like while I was hearing you say that, I was like, ah, man, Blake's the Blake's the Stephen A. Smith of The Bachelor, you know? <laughs> that is the highest compliment that I could receive. <laughs> that, my friend, thank you. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. So, okay, um, you know, The Bachelor and all that, but you know, it, it's funny because you, I laugh and I'm sitting there and I'm laughing, and as a, as a guy, you know, I, we all kind of look at The Bachelor. It's like, yeah, some of the girls watch, but but guess what? <laughs> Guess what? Somebody needed the position of a male to step in and learn. First off, learn about something that they're uncomfortable learning about. Second, 100%. produce producing content that is related so people, even if you are wrong, people are correcting you. No, that's not right. Uh, I don't know. JT didn't go with... 
I don't know, Kelsey or whatever it is. Right. You know, and you learned and you adapted Dude. and you did a, a kick-ass job of the product that you finished. I learned so much from doing that. I mean, one from even getting to, I mean, when I think about the first episode we did, Tommy had to come in with us that morning. Tommy's a show director and get all the mics set, get all the audio clips set. He would cue me when he would play the audio. And then by the time we finished the very last episode, I was getting there early enough to cut on all the mics, get the studio prepped, load the audio clips, uh, export the audio clips, you know, write it out to where I could cue them up, um, essentially make cue cards for when I was going to cue an audio clip so Melissa and the other interns would know, hey, there's an audio clip coming here. You know, it was so crazy going from Tommy doing everything to him slowly handing me the ropes in terms of not only am I hosting the show with the interns, but now I get a chance to produce it and direct mm -hmm. the show all yep. behind the scenes. And so it, it really only increased my comfortability with, you know, turning on mics and getting audio levels set and pulling audio and all while navigating a show. And so uh, yeah. it was, and hosting a show too, and, and Bert talks about it all the time, but it's so, it's so much more difficult than you would imagine because you're responsible for one, getting your opinion across, making sure that your commentary is heard. But on the same time, you're also responsible for clearing the way to making sure the people that are on the show can get their point across too. So. Mm -hmm crowd control, making sure person A stops talking for 15 seconds so person B can jump in and add a comment or maybe person C got cut off along the way and you got to remember, hey, go back to person C, make sure you get their opinion because you can't just run past it because that would be a bad host. So, Absolutely. Um, man, you know, the content of what we were talking about is pretty superficial when you think about The Bachelor yeah. and, and talking about who got water thrown in their face last night. but. Um, for the most part, you know, the professional side of things and, and, and all that I've learned from it, man, it was so much fun. I am anxious and eager to get back into recording yeah. with the next batch of interns. Dude, that, and, that, and like you said, you learn so much. Like you learn, even though, even though you probably look got it and they're like, Hey, Blake, we're going to have you doing the bachelorette. You're just, what? The out of it. What? What are you telling me to do? But guess what? In turn, just like you said, you are so pumped to have the next step of finding out who the next interns are to make that. And then Dude. that's your baby. Then that's your baby. That's where you're sitting there and you're able to produce it and you're like, okay, this is my thing. I'm going to make this the best damn bachelor recap I've ever heard. I'm like, I'm thinking now, how can we make it better? I'm studying all the other Bachelor Nation podcasts. It's like, yeah. It's, it's crazy, dude. I don't. I'm not sure if I like who I've turned into because of this. <laughs> well, Blake, man, I've, I've I've known you now for what a week. I like you. I think you're still a great guy. You know? Hey, like you too. Thank you. Thanks. You're welcome, boss. So, with with a little bit about this bachelor thing, right? And you you did all that. What has that done for you planning for the future of Blake Eason, right? So that experience has molded you into something to where you're more knowledgeable now and you understand that, but now going, taking that and bringing that into the future, well, what, what does that play in your, like in your man, role? Man, I, I gotta be honest, I love, I love to future. Like I, I, uh, I am someone who is, the idea of vision and thinking about what's next is always on the forefront of my mind. Oftentimes, and it can be negative, I think, depending on how you look at it, but I just, I love dreaming about what's next. And so, I think what I've learned through this entire process is, excuse me, um, is basically within radio broadcast specifically, um, it's getting to a point now where being an on-air talent or being a co-host or being the host of a show is not nearly enough of what it takes to secure a job in the market today because uh, show directors and program directors and producers are looking for people who can do multiple things, right? So they're looking for people who can go in and essentially produce and direct their own show, much how we did with the Bachelorette um, recap show. And, you know, not even get, if I would have never got a chance to do that, I wouldn't really know how to do it. And now granted, I'm not the most, you know, experienced or talented in, in that aspect now, but I definitely know more about doing it um, than I did before ever doing that, you know, Bachelorette recap um, podcast. So, I think just being able to diversify myself with being familiar with how to answer phones, how to run social media, how to come up with social media videos. Um, these are like a little bit more of the task that I do in addition to answering phones and you know being on air. Um, so I, I really, man, it, I really do think I have, and I'll be the first to tell you, man, I, I am so lucky and so grateful to have landed you know my first radio job in such a massive market 
on a super successful show um, with an incredible host, Bert, who is one of the most nicest people that I've ever met um, that's been so willing and forthcoming with you know, information and advice and encouragement when it comes to when it comes to what's next for me. And so um, I, 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 I recognize that, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I probably won't be here forever, but I hope to be here um, in this position for as long as I can. Um, but also on the same, on the same coin, you know, uh, Bert has been very honest with me saying, Hey, look, you know, if you want to host a show at some point, you're probably going to have to go off and, you know, co-host another show or learn how, you know, be on mic full time. And, you know, so he is very, very um, honest and truthful in the sense of like saying, hey, this if this is the road you want to go down, I can help you get there. But just know it's going to be a little bit difficult. Uh, it's probably not going to go as you might have planned. Um, but on the same time, like he when someone believes in you the way Bert believes in me, man, it is something that I I could never take for granted. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. like him being so talented and, and seeing what he's built and for him to say, man, I believe in you. I'm proud of you. Like you're doing a great job. Like. Those words hold a lot of weight, especially person, um, such as him. So, um, you know, man, I think when I think about what's next, I my dream the entire time was not let me just go on radio. It was I want to do radio and TV. I want to find a way to blend the best of both worlds. I love getting a chance to tell stories, you know, through a radio platform and let people come up with their own images in their head of what they think is happening um, because I'm such a storyteller in my mind. But on the same, on the same, uh, you know, since I, I want to do TV as well, you know, and I, I love hosting live events. There's nothing like being in an event space with a live audience and watching them react to jokes or, you know, moments or bits or segments. So um, I think, you know, that's kind of, kind of what I'm looking at. You know, I, uh, I, I would love to spend a season in New York in some capacity uh, or season, season in LA. But I think most importantly, um, when it's all said and done, I want to come back home to Atlanta and be able to really build something special here in my hometown, um, just because I think we have a lot of great things going in terms of entertainment and you know movies and film and TV. Um, I feel like all that's on the on the rise, and we haven't even seen the best days yet in Atlanta. So, really, really exciting time. And uh, yeah, I, I like I said, I want to make sure I reiterate the fact that I could not be more grateful for landing such a incredible position at 22, 22, 23 years old. I don't even know my age. What am I doing? <laughs> uh, 23. So I turned 23 last week. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little oh, slow well. to accept. Happy late fact. birthday, brother. Appreciate you, my man. Yeah, yeah I'm a, a little late to accepting the fact that I'm one year older. 23 officially sounds old. Like 22 mm -hmm. sounds like, eh, you're like a young adult. 23 sounds like, okay, where's the beard? Yeah, right. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, man, that, that's so funny. Cause I look at that all the time. I'm like, man, I'm growing up so quick. And it's like, your parents always say, it's like, oh, you're growing up so fast. But then you right. look at yourself, you're like, shit, dude, I was 16, five days ago. I swear, you know, man, so, great. you know, going back a little bit to Bert, um, and Bert as a leader, right? I haven't had the opportunity to meet Bert, but I'm interested to know his leadership tactics and the way he's been able to lead you and develop you as a leader. Right, like you said, you elaborated on a few things, but uh, I, I go maybe a little bit more. Uh, he is, he, yeah, he, um, he is, he's. I mean, there's just so much I could say. Oh my goodness, he is incredibly honest. Um, so, uh, I like the other day I sent him, you know, this audio file and it had some stuff on it and be talking in and out of in and out of music tracks and you know his email back to me. I've got to the point now where. Um, his feedback can be harsh sometimes in a sense, but it's so good on the same on the same time. Like, you know, I would rather somebody be super honest with me versus then just say like, you know, oh yeah, it's all right. You know what I mean? Right. So um, I just appreciate how honest he is just because I think um, today's world is rare to find somebody who's willing and courageous enough to, to be honest. And um, I think that says a lot about, you know, um, you know, hope, I think maybe where he sees me going, and what he sees me doing, um, I don't take offense to it. Oh man, it is like when I get an email from him, I kind of giggle because I'm like, oh man, it's like right when you think he was honest on the last email, he's even more honest on on this email. <laughs> right. He's, he's incredibly honest, but also on the same time, um, he's someone who really like 
lets people do what they're good at, essentially. So, like, um, he trusts people. I think uh, I think uh, he has a huge amount of trust. Um, he does not micromanage by any means. I mean, any any segment, idea, um, you know, entertaining bit that he's wanting me to go out and do. He's never been like, a, hey, do it this way or do it this way or you know, how's this going? It's 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 either, hey, go out and do it. When you get done with it, bring me back the product and then I'll review it and I'll give you feedback on what it is. Um, but so I would say uh, he's honest, he's truthful, um, he, he, he does not lead by micromanaging. Um, but then also, too, uh, he is really, really, really kind. And I think, you know, we live in a climate now where it's almost as if uh, kindness is, is um, kind of foreign just because everyone's just so mad at one another. And, you know, you think this or you said that or you tweeted this or you like so and so. Um, and so I think when you, when we, in the time that we're living in right now, I think kindness is so crucial, um, for, for any career path and for any profession. Um, and, and Bert really does have a heart of gold. Um, and he is somebody who is just truly, truly kind at the core, um, of, of Bert and, you know, being in an industry such as radio and, and granted, I haven't been in it long enough. I mean, I've been in it barely over a year. But you know, you hear rumors, you read articles, you watch interviews and documentaries about what the industry is like, and um, I'm sure you could probably say that you've heard it's it's not the most nicest industry. I mean, you hear about Absolutely people going into, into entertainment and leaving because it's just like people are mean, people are cutthroats. Um, so for someone like him who has been in the industry for as long as he has and to still be as kind as he is, I really do think that says a lot about his character. And I just hope if I'm able and fortunate enough to be in the industry for as long as he has, I hope to still come out as kind um, as, as he is on, you know, at the end of all of it. So um, that's just a little bit about Bert for sure. Man, that's incredible. And I, it's, I think it's, it's such a testament for you to be able to articulate that in such a, in a great way, because that shows what kind of leader he is, Man. you know? you know the values that he appropriates right and i I could never like he i mean it's it it would be an understatement to say he's changed my life you know what i mean like giving Mm -hmm. me a me a shot on such a massive platform such as Mm -hmm. his like i could have said something stupid and ruined this whole thing you know what i mean just because of someone just not being familiar with it but um he gave me a shot and when someone believes in you the way he does of people um, you got to hold those people really, really close. Absolutely. And, and like you said, like holding them close and letting them, letting them still marinate and letting some of their ideals that might not, you, you might not understand it right now. Like you, like you, you hear what he says and you're like, okay, yeah. And then you don't really understand the true testament to what he was saying until later, until you're in a situation where like, oh shit, that's what he meant. Like, right. And like, oh, that's what he was yeah. saying about that. Oh, Okay. That makes sense. Like that makes a lot more sense. Blake, let me ask you, we we talk a lot about, so something with the struggle to sovereignty that I say a lot is we set failure as a benchmark to not what you can achieve, but what you will achieve, right? Not, not allowing those, those self-defining limitations to be a complacent act, more allowing those, allowing those limitations and breaking through them. So what, is, what, what does failure mean to you in the sense of getting better? And then from that, where does you allowing yourself to keep growing and not uh, not staying complacent with those those self-defining limitations? Well, it's funny you you, you asked that question at a, at a really, really um, interesting time. So uh, I haven't really spoke about this with many people, but uh, a couple weeks ago or about a month ago, I started this process of auditioning with an agency here in town. So it's an agency that represents talent, actors, actresses, spokesperson, host, um, voiceover talent. Um, it's a really, really fantastic agency. I've studied them for quite some time now. Um, and obviously the dream is to sign with them because when you sign with an agency, you essentially, you have an agent that, you know, um, advocates on your behalf. So they go out and get you gigs and, you know, hosting moments and, you know, commercials and things of that nature. It was, it was the, essentially it's the door to TV that I've always been wanting to walk into. Right. So, um, had a friend, um, and she was like, Hey, I think you have what it takes to at least get a look from this agency. So I was like, all right, cool. Like, I don't think, I don't really know for sure. I don't really have the, a massive TV resume or on camera resume yet. Um, I've done a little bit. So I start this whole process of applying with this agency, you send off the port aspect resumes, headshots, you know, certain dimensions of what the photos have to align as very detailed. I send that off. I hear back. I, they agreed to giving me a 
video audition. So if you get a video audition, that's a pretty promising moment because they've studied a little bit of what you've done and they're willing to watch a video from you. So I get this video audition, you get the script, I go and book an appointment with this videotaping service here in Atlanta. I do the video audition, I send it off to them. And you know, I hear back maybe, excuse me, um, I probably should not have ate lunch before this podcast. Oh, no, you're fine, man. <laughs> I do apologize. It was, it was a few chicken, so. Uh, oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. That'll, that'll, that'll be rumbling. Um, so anyways, I sent off the video audition. Then after the video audition, um, essentially they could make an offer for you then or bring you in for an in-person audition. So um, the next an email, I was invited to an, never been to an audition before with an agency, uh, didn't know what to expect. Obviously I agreed to doing it. Keep in mind, this is, they send me the email 24 hours before the audition takes place. So not at all, brand new script, a script I've never seen before. I think it was like four paragraphs of a commercial that I had to memorize. So I'm staying up all night, I'm, you know, I'm going through this, I'm getting it right. And uh, I go to the audition. I did not anticipate the nerves that I would experience when I walked into the room to audition in front of a panel of agents. Cause I mean, you're essentially thinking, this is my future. You know, this can go really yeah. well, have an agent or I won't. Um, I auditioned. I knew it was not my best audition. I was fluttering words. You know, I, I couldn't really yeah, get a pinpoint on how they were feeling. So all that to say, a week later, I get an email saying that I did not get accepted into this agency. Okay. And it is just, the it's a massive letdown because you think about all the culmination to that moment. I mean, from going to CVS at nine o'clock at night to print out headshots, because I don't have a printer in my house, to sending off this portfolio, to memorizing these scripts, going to get a video audition, like all that costs money, you're investing in this um, only to get a no. And man, the no is so brutal because it literally just says, thank you for coming. At this point, we will not afford. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, you wanted to be a little bit more nicer, or they want you wanted to sugarcoat it a little bit more. But at the end of the day, they don't have time to do that. They're they're you know they're trying to find you know talent you know all over. So I think you know getting that failure for me. So I get that. Obviously, I'm sad. I'm saddened by it. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I don't know why. Part of me is like, why did I even sign up for this? Part of me is like, well, if I made it this far down the line, then I'm mad at myself because clearly it was something I could have had a control over. Like. If I just would have stayed up one extra hour, maybe that could have been different. So you begin to blame yourself for the things that you could have done better, um, or maybe that you didn't do at all. Uh, but then also on, on all of that related is, this is a talent agency. So when you apply or you audition with a talent agency and you don't get it, you have no choice but to believe, well, maybe I'm just not talented, right? And mm -hmm. that's that's just not a good, no one, no one likes to wake up in the morning and say, well, hi, my name is Blake and I'm not talented. You know what I mean? <laughs> right anyone right. want to do in their life and so it was trying to fight back you know those internal um conflicts that i was fighting in my head and you know the things that i was you know saying about myself which wasn't true and so anyways i always tell my friends i say hey whenever i'm in a funk i say give me a day i just need a day that's mm -hmm. all i need once and now granted like sometimes it might be a little bit longer or it takes me a minute to come out of it but when you think about the funk specifically I just need a day. Just give me a day. Now, granted, this was also the day that I went and took my senior pictures for graduating. So I'm like, I have oh, to fake, fake this smile. Like, yeah, right, right. So, um, but my friend Amanda, she was she was awesome. It was great to hang out with her. But anyway, so I get out of the funk, bro. Literally the next day, I get on my computer. I sign up for a on-camera class, which is essentially kind of gives you the rundown of how to audition, how to perfect your auditions, how to not fumble words. Um, I signed up for an improv class and then I also signed up for a voiceover class. So it was essentially, it was the no that I needed to only further my learning for what Thank I want you to do moving forward. That's and exactly what I'm talking about. I just said, you know, at the end of the day, if I'm going to get, that's fine. But now I'm going to sign up for so many classes. I'm going to continue to hone in on my skill set, get better at, at what it is that I want to do. And then I'm going to go back and audition. And I'm going to get it when I go back to audition because I'm going to put the work in now and I'm going to continue to grow in the skills um, that maybe I just didn't showcase that day. Because in my mind, it's like it went from, well, dang it, they wasted their time on me and you know they're not going to look at me again to, no, 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 no. They didn't waste their time because truth is you would have never got a video audition or an in-person audition if you right. didn't think that they were interested in. So stop beating yourself up. Go figure out how to not be nervous at auditions because give yourself a break. You've never auditioned before in front of a panel of these, you know, commercial TV agents. 
you know? So um, for me, that's a long story, but that was essentially the no, looking back on it, it was the no I needed to continue to learn because you, you get in a bubble and you think you, you, think you know it all. Uh, I think we all fall victim to it at different 100%. parts of your career. Um, as someone, I've been hosting events for the past four to five years and you know, they're very standard and, and, and pretty much you kind of know your, your role and how you do it and, and what people can expect when they book you to host. Um, but for me, it reminded me of, no, there is so much left to learn. I do not have it all figured out. Like, yeah, I have a great job. Yeah, I have, you know, a few amazing things lined up, you know, in the future. But at the end of the day, I, I can still go to an improv class. I can still take an on-camera class, even if I know everything in the room, which last night, and I went to a, a pre-version of the show that I needed to be there because I literally didn't know anything they were talking about. Um, so for me, it was that was the failure that I needed in the season. I, yeah. I needed that failure to continue to push me forward and wanting to learn and get better. And that's incredible. And that, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. I can't believe you had that perfect story that lined up with that question. I had no idea, guys. I had no idea about that. And that's the first time I've ever heard that. Um, and, the, and like I said, man, that's just, it's, it's your mentality at that point. At that point, it's all in your head just to be like, okay, let me take a step back. Like you were saying, I, give me a day. Give me a day to get out of this funk. And then let me figure it out. Let me, let me plan, let me map out the way I can get to this goal. Instead of looking at this failure. And two, something with that, not only was did you get the on-air or you got the in-person interview you got the uh over the internet interview you got all those right they know your name they know who blake easton is so whenever you come back and you kick that you kick that interview's ass you kick that audition's ass guess what oh my god he went out and got better why right. should we not give him a chance why should right. we not put him in the position to succeed? Because obviously he wants to succeed. That's very different than, okay, you're talented, but you don't have the drive in order to be successful. You right. do have the drive and you don't let that failure eliminate you from having a, a further notion of what you want to do, right? That, right. That's, that, that's, a, that's, exactly what, that's exactly what you're looking for. And guys, everybody listening to this podcast right now, I want you to take that story and implement it into your own life. Obviously, you don't have the same adversity. Obviously, you aren't jumping through the same hoops as Blake in your own area and in your own craft. But Blake has been able to sit down and truly give you an outline of, okay, this is the struggle. This is what Brett's talking about. And now you have a story to implement into your life. Blake, thank you so much, dude. That's incredible. Like, uh, Thank you so much for relating on that. Dude, thank you for having me on the podcast to talk about it. It was ironic enough that it happened in, right. in this month. So I think that, I mean, first people to to hear the story. So um, I'm, incredible. I'm, I'm, I resonates with people well. Um, and man, this was this was awesome getting a chance to kind of I could talk about this stuff all day long. So I'd love yeah. to come in the future and we you know maybe a few years from now we we talk about how much the podcast has grown and how much you've grown in your professional life while also reflecting on this podcast. So yeah, man, that could be fun I'll too. Blake, I love that. And guys, hold that to us. We, Me and Blake will be getting another episode done. Uh, 100%. You got, 100%. So, Blake, dude, I know you got to go. Uh, as we wrap up this episode, brother, I just wanted to say thank you again for coming on and sharing your story and sharing your mindset. And even – and that's the funny part is that, like, I'm in a very – like, I, I look at it through a workout lens. I look at it through a strength conditioning lens, and it's it, it's better to see it through a different lens of broadcasting, of auditioning, of becoming a talent. So – I don't want to keep you any longer, brother. Do you have anything else to say to the anybody listening right now? Man, I, I mean, I think it's just uh, – it's one of my favorite things. It's just like, you know, you might not be the most talented person in the room, but you can be the most hardworking and the most prepared. So um, don't don't uh, forget about the power that lies in the things that we can control. So that's been super helpful to me um, in my career, in my profession, and I hope that maybe um, it could be helpful to people that are listening um, as well. Absolutely, man. Hey, real quick before you jump off, share your social media, share all that, share all your fun stuff for everybody yes, to follow. Follow me. Um, it's just Blake Eason, B-L-A-K-E-E-A-S-O-N. Uh, Twitter is the Blake Eason. I hate the the, to be honest. It just sounds so stupid in front of it. <laughs> His other Blake Eason has my name, and I've been DMing, for, DM, DMing him for the past couple of years trying to get him to trade with me, but he won't respond to my DM. So um, uh... at, at Blake Eason on Twitter. Uh, 
And then Facebook is uh, at the Blake Easton or Blake Easton as well. One of those. Um, you can find me on those on those platforms as well. And we'll so. link it. And we'll link it when we release this episode, guys. So you won't have you won't have to click too many times or type too right. many times. We'll get that set up for you. So, Blake, again, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate you sharing your testimony. And uh, going forward, I can't wait to build a friendship with you, boss. Man, I can't wait as well. Good luck on everything with the podcast. This was awesome. Thank you for having me on. This was really really cool, man. You've you've built a really cool thing here. You have a lot to be proud of. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. I really do. So, all right, Blake. Good Take care, man. Boss. See ya. All right, guys. So now you have heard the interview with Blake Eason and I for episode 18. I want to recap a little bit. So if you weren't able to tell, that was actually a Skype conversation. We unfortunately were unable to get him up to Columbia, which is totally fine. We're working off Blake's time and I'm totally cool with that. So Blake, again, thank you so, 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 so much for coming on the podcast today. That was incredible. I really, really enjoyed our conversation and going forward, I can't wait to continue to build a relationship and a friendship. So, as we wrap up episode 18, I want to give you guys a little challenge, right? I want to be able to give you guys something to work on. This week, going into next week, and going into whenever, work on not allowing failure to deter you. You heard what Blake said. He put in all that work to get that audition. He put in all this time and effort just to not get it right? But look what he did. He immediately went out, scheduled three classes in order to be better. He did, he went out there and is looking to learn. There's endless opportunities on the, on the internet. You can go and look up YouTube. There are people, uh, there's master classes now that literally have do all that. Guys, you can't allow that failure to be a part of you. You have to let that failure grow you. As we wrap up episode 18, I want to say the mission statement. The mission statement is as follows. This group is designed to be a constant open communication between members to deal with issues that arise in everyday life. Whether it be fitness goals, personal goals, or life struggles, this podcast is designed to uplift all those involved. Dulcius X Asparis. Thank you guys so much. Struggle to Sovereignty is powered by Garnet Media Group.